morning, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you are geared up for the weekend. Happy Friday! This is the best show on the internet, Reddit Readings, and today we're coming at you with episode 138, r slash petty revenge. Hold on to your hosiery, because this is gonna be a banger. Grab your tea and your popcorn, and let's go! Now streaming, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming, only on Disney+. Plus. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We are starting today's episode with something just a little bit special. By special, this is from one of the users on our Discord. This one's not on a cassette, this is on paper. This is from the Hebrew Hammer. Okay, so my story is from maybe seven years ago. I used to deliver pizzas and one day my manager and I ran into a situation where we had someone that was trying to scam us. It started off with a simple order for wings and pizza. It was a weekday morning, so it was just myself and the manager. The customer was at the furthest delivery point, which was about 7 miles or so. 12 minutes each way. I delivered the food to her house, she tipped me, and that was that. Upon returning, the phone rings, and it's her on the other line. This is how it all goes down. Hello, thank you for calling the pizza place, how can I help you? Yeah, uh, hi, I, I just ordered a pizza and some wings, but the wings had almost no sauce on them and they were cold. Can I get new ones? Oh, I'm sorry about that. We can absolutely do that. Would you like me to credit your account? No, I want them now. I can't eat a pizza without my wings. Send them out now. I tell my boss what was going on and he says that she's lying because he made the wings himself. A quick side note, when it comes to food prep, he was very, very by the book. He said that we should just remake them but absolutely smother the wings in the sauce so that there is no way she can complain. We get the wings remade and I take them back to her. It's slow at this point so it's easier for this to happen rather than sending me on a different delivery. Here's where it gets annoying. Since the food was technically a mistake, it was re-delivered off the books, so no fuel credit. I make the trek back to her house. Hey, uh, again, sorry about the mistake. We put extra sauce on the wings for you this time. Hope you enjoy. I really hope so. My pizza's been getting cold. I'm not going to eat cold pizza. Thank you for bringing this back. She then closes the door, and I drive back. I get back to the store, and lo and behold, guess who is calling again? Our wing lady. Hello, thank you for calling. I need to speak to a manager right away. Are you the boy who delivered me cold food? In my head, I'm thinking, boy? I'm 24. Yeah, I am. Let me get the manager. 
I tell my manager what's up, and he tells me to come into the back office, and he puts the phone on speaker. Thank you for holding, this is the pizza place. What seems to be the trouble? I don't know what you're trying to pull here, but I've had so many mistakes here. First, the wings had no sauce, then the wings were cold, and now my pizza is cold, and I can't eat my pizza without my wings. Why didn't you eat the pizza while waiting for the wings? And there is absolutely zero chance the wings are cold. I watched the driver load them into the oven, take them out, and leave right away. Pizza and wings are only good together. I want a refund. I cannot believe you're arguing with me when this is clearly the fault of your driver. Haven't you ever heard that the customer is always right? What is your name? I have the number for corporate. I want to complain. You know what? I'll have the driver come give you a refund right away. I'm sorry. That's more like it. My manager turns to me and goes, This woman is absolutely full of shit. Go take her refund and tell her she's banned from ordering from us again. But get creative and have fun. I get a big smile on my face because I have the perfect idea. So before I leave the store, I take our sign off the top of my car and change into my non-work sweatshirt. I drive back to her house and bang on her door as hard as I can. Hi, here's your change, including the tip. You don't have to return the tip, you did your job, I guess. Just be more professional next time and drive faster. And tell your boss I expect an apology and a call from whoever his boss is to discuss Gus, his behavior. Actually, I do have to return the tip. When these things get filed as complaints, we have to 100% refund everything, tip included. Also, he's no longer my boss. What do you mean? Well, because I had multiple complaints in a row, these things get filed. As a result of this and a few other things, I've been let go, so I'm just going home after this. She starts to freak out. Oh my god, no! I didn't want you to get fired! I just wanted my food done right! I didn't want this! Can this get reversed? No, it's too late now. Nothing you can do. So, thanks. Also, I was told to let you know that your number and address have been blocked from the company for scam behavior. Have a nice day. I leave and go back to the store to see my manager in tears, laughing about the situation. What did you tell her? She just called back apologizing over and over again and asking if there was any way to send you a tip directly. I told her that because of all the complaints, she got me fired and that she was banned from the store for being a scammer. You are a genius. Well, thank you, Hebrew Hammer, for submitting that one. Our next story is from Bearded Southern Boy. Regift me my gift? Well, thank you. My family does a gift exchange drawing each year for Christmas. We all reach into a bowl and pull out a name on a slip of paper. That is the person for whom we are to buy a gift for the big Christmas get-together. I honestly hate this ritual, as it's a bundle of stress to find something for someone you barely know. But we do it because the family always has. One year, I drew the 60-year-old husband of my 57-year-old great-aunt. I knew he and my great-aunt were very well off, and really neither wanted nor needed anything. 
I knew also that the budget we had for gifts of $50 max was not going to get him anything within his or her taste level. Since he does rather a lot of driving for work, I bought him a nice little toolbox to keep in his car trunk, should he ever need them. He opened them during the party, seemed appreciative, and thanked me. Fast forward three years. I saw my gift that Christmas was from my great aunt. When I opened it, I immediately recognized the tool set I had given him three years before. Even the tape I'd put on part of the torn label was there. I paused, broke into a big smile, and excitedly exclaimed that this was incredible, as when I bought her husband a set three years ago, I'd wanted a set for myself as well. But the store had told me the set was discontinued and was no longer available. I gushed that she must have gone to a lot of trouble to find one just like the one I gave him three years ago. Yes, I mentioned giving him a set three years ago, a few times. I then made a big show of running over, hugging her, and saying thank you. She and he just had odd smiles frozen on their faces. See, my great aunt has a reputation whispered behind her back of being incredibly cheap and re-gifting most of whatever she receives. Several relatives have suspected their gifts from her were re-gifts as the packaging or box was obviously not new and even had evidence of prior wrapping. One cousin actually found my great aunt's initials engraved on a pendant from her. I, however, was the first to make a big public production out of my discovery, even though I never said I recognized it as the exact same set I had given him. My mum later took me aside and chastised me for what I did, as she felt my great aunt was visibly embarrassed and said she had left soon after the gift exchange. I just looked at her and innocently asked why I had done wrong thanking her for a gift. After all, I really had wanted it. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Yeah, secret Santa shenanigans are always a fucking shit show. And they're even worse when they're at work as well, and you pull someone that you don't like. Our next story is from Zodiac72826. Claim a narrow strip of our property as your own? Alright, fine. It's yours. This is probably pretty tame, even by petty revenge standards, but hopefully you guys will get a kick out of it. Years ago, when I lived at my mum's, I'd mow the yard every week. It was a hill, too steep for a riding mower and a bitch to mow with a push mower. It was rough, but I usually got it done. Our next door neighbor was an asshat. He didn't like us and we didn't like him. Long story short, he was the kind of guy to call the police if me and my friends were hanging out on the porch, talking at a normal volume, before 11 p.m., the sissy's noise ordinance time. A real prick. He got his hillside terraced, and the bricks he used jutted into our yard a few inches. When I mowed, I would just go straight down the hill from where the edge of his bricks were, and that was the edge of one side of the yard. The terraces didn't go all the way down the hill, so about halfway down I'd clear the bricks and it would all be open. Well, apparently, one day he decided that the property line did matter, and he would flat out refuse to mow a strip adjacent to our yard. The six inches or so that the brick terraces covered made my edge line slightly off, 
But my reasoning was that if he considered it part of his yard when he got the landscaping done, it was part of his yard when it wanted to be mowed. He disagreed, and slowly a narrow strip of grass would grow, a green mohawk of pettiness dividing our yards. He was a meticulous gardener, often out on sunny days tending to his garden, keeping his grass in pristine green condition. He cared very deeply about his yard and therefore assumed that anyone else would care about their yard almost as much. But I did not give a single Technicolor fuck about the yard or its appearance. I literally only mowed because my mum told me to. If the decision to mow was left up to me, it would have blossomed into a Costa Rican fucking rainforest by now. With music blasting in my headphones, I'd mow right next to that yard hawk every week, and it would have been absolutely no skin off my nose to move the mower over six inches and trim the hawk. But I didn't, because that was extra work my lazy ass didn't want to do. Also, fuck him. So for at least a solid one and a half months one summer, he engaged me in a battle of wills, sometimes literally watching me go right past the yard hawk while refusing to mow it when he did his yard. One time I caught him staring and waved. He must have assumed that I had an iron will to refuse to bow to his silent demand that I mow that six inch wide, 50 foot long stretch of grass when my motivations lay entirely in the realm of apathy, laziness, and pettiness. One day, one sweet day that I'll always remember, I saw him using his full weight to body his mower over the now nearly two foot tall grass. The yard hawk popped up a few more times, but it never got that tall again, and I sure as fuck never mowed it. Fuck you, Dave. This next one is posted by Main. My half-sister wanted to show up in a wedding dress to my engagement party. So I changed the party theme so she would fit right in. My half-sister Heather and I never really got along. We are both 24. My father left my mother for her mother and we were born the same month 20 days apart. It's uh, always been weird. It doesn't help that Heather's mum hates me and my mum. By extension, Heather and I didn't have the best relationship. She has always tried to one-up me even though we have similar economic backgrounds. So now my fiancé and I got engaged last month and had our engagement party this Saturday. We had planned it originally as a casual, formal event. Nice dresses, but not I'm going to the Met Gala Ball nice. More like we're going to a good restaurant nice. Anyway, my cousin hits me up saying she has to show me something. It was the picture of the dress Heather was going to wear. This dress, Jesus Christ, it can only be described as opulent. It was long and white, strapless with sewn-in crystals and golden accents. I'm pretty sure it's a wedding dress, but I can't be 100%. This made me really, really mad. So I decided, fuck that. I started texting people telling them that there had been a change of plans and that instead of casual formal I decided to make it a costume party. My mother's side is crazy for Halloween so they were immediately on board. 
I told my father via text and asked him to relay the message to Heather, her mother, knowing full well that he would forget or leave it to the last minute. Saturday comes along, guests start showing up, most of them in costumes. Some didn't have time to get one, we just provided them with fun hats and cheap wigs. Heather, my dad and her mother came like one hour late. As soon as she notices that everyone was either wearing elaborate costumes or weird accessories, and that she didn't stand out, she lost it. Especially when my fiancé came along and told her that her bride dress looked amazing for a cheap costume. She left crying, and her mother and my father told me that I was being childish, and I could have told Heather myself and not have asked my father. For those that are interested, my fiancé was dressed as Bubbles and I was dressed as Mojo Jojo. My mum and aunt went as Abba. Other memorable costumes were Luffy and Zorro, Ian Malcolm and John Hammond. Oh, and Jesus. There was pictures of the dress, and I can tell you, it is uh, definitely opulent. If you want to see it, go check out our Discord. I'm sure someone in there will be polite enough to drop a link to the post that has a link to the picture. Or if you want to treat yourself to something opulent, you can check out our Patreon. Okay, it's not opulent, but it is quite nice. And we do drop an entire bonus episode there every week. Every Wednesday, there's a Patreon episode. Our next story is from Mikey Bonbon. I love hotel concierges. I just bore witness to the most malicious, petty act, and I have to share it. So a little backstory, I've been on a 1,500km walk across Canada and today I completed it and I made it to my destination, Niagara Falls. I arrived at the hotel to check in several hours ago. Unfortunately, the hotel had overbooked its graduation week for the high schoolers. But I was polite. I always try to be polite in shitty situations. People are usually willing to go the extra mile for you if you're just not an absolute dick. The concierge was kind enough to ask me to take a seat so they could call around to find me a room for the night. At the service desk, there are several concierge stations, and when I was trying to check in, I was only focused on myself. But as I was waiting, my love of drama got the better of me, and I started listening to the exchange that was going on with another of the concierges. An exchange that was getting heated. The basic gist of the conversation, a mother was trying to argue the price of a sweet down she had booked for her kids after grad party, and well, she was being a bitch about it. If you book a suite, you can expect to pay 500 bucks plus for it, hell, even more during grad week. The foulness coming out of this bitch's mouth at a person doing her job was disgusting. I also need to add both the concierges were Chinese, and the one dealing with the bitch at this point was almost in tears. She leans over to the woman who had been serving me and said in Cantonese, I can't deal with this, let's call the manager. Now a little bit about me you need to know is that I can speak Cantonese, not perfectly, but I can hold a conversation and swear. The bitch had been getting more and more frustrated that she's not getting a discount and this is where she fucked up. She crossed her arms and said, well, it's too much if you don't bring the price down, just cancel my booking, I'll go somewhere better. I had gotten up from my seat and went to speak with the concierge dealing with my stuff and said, in Cantonese, If you want, I can grab her by the neck and throw her out. I got a little laugh out of her. She said to me, Oh, it's fine. I'm going to see about getting you a room right now. They called the manager and after a brief conversation, they called me up to the desk and they'd found a room for me. 
So yeah, at no extra charge, they found an available suite. And after booking my upgraded room, heading towards the elevator, I caught the end of the conversation with the bitch. So the manager uses the bitch's words against her. If you don't come down on the price, I'm cancelling my booking. They did just that. They cancelled the booking. And now I'm typing this in my nice posh room, getting ready to head down to the casino and lose some money. I love the concierge. Wish me luck, I got 200 bucks burning a hole in my pocket. Well, there may be some rumours that there was a bit of a love story that sprang out of this one. I will see if I can find out more, perhaps on one of these other cassettes, and put that in another episode. Alright ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you've got a second and want a little bit more action, there's our Patreon, but there's also now our YouTube. There will be links somewhere, if not go to redditreadings.com and there is links to everything there. Thank you so much for joining me, I hope you have a fucking great weekend, and until next time guys, peace out. True Terrors of Horror bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too! While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.